Good morning, Woodland. How are you today? All right, two things before I jump into our word today. First off, my little sister that was like getting down over here. You inspire me, girl. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, also, I'm, my name is Oshida. I'm the outreach pastor here at Woodland, and I just want to piggyback on that invitation to do Project Home with us. Um, we do it in March and April, and so um, it's our chance for us to actually practice radical hospitality. Um, I've done both of the shifts. There's two different ways that you can engage. You can um, come between 5.30 and 8.30 and hang out with the families, play cards with them, watch a movie. Um, if it's a school day, check in with the kids, make sure how they're doing. Um, or you can do an overnight shift, which starts usually around 8 o'clock. You come in. You hang out with the families for a little bit, help the kids get to bed, or send them to bed, and then the next morning you put together a little continental breakfast for them. Um, I like doing it during the midweek because the mama in me comes out, because the kids will come out, and I'm like, did you brush your teeth? Do you have your backpack? Here's a bagel. Rule the day. So it's a way for us to just really come around these families who are trying to put their lives back together, want to know where they belong they belong here. And so if you have any questions about that, there's information, um, like Jamie said, in your flyer or in your bulletin, but you can also check in with me. How are y'all doing this morning? You doing good? Okay, let's take a deep breath together, my friends, because we are going to talk about engaging with others around politics. I know, right? So this series that we're in, The Crux of the Matter, um, is a series that came to us uh, from our podrishners. Hey, podrishners. Because uh, they were kind of questioning, okay, I'm tracking with Woodland. I'm reframing the way I think about my engagement with Jesus, my discipleship of Jesus as being a kingdom person. I'm wanting to shape my life around the kingdom, wanting to call myself a kingdom person, wanting to look at Jesus on the cross. And so that changes everything. That changes how I think about my, how, how I think about religion and theology. It changes the way I think about politics. It changes the way that I live my life. And what is happening for me, what these politicians were telling us, is that they're not quite sure how to engage with the people in their lives who are not on that same journey. And so they're wondering, you know, what, what does it look like? And what can you give us? What, what, how do we talk to them? And how do we really manifest the peacemaking kingdom love of Jesus in these really tense, hard conversations? So today, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about specifically how we can engage with people who we disagree with when it comes to politics. Disclaimer, you guys, I am not going to tell you exactly how to vote or how to engage because that topic is way more complex. And if I have served you at all this morning, I'll help you understand how complex it is and maybe help you reframe the way you want to think about engaging with others around politics. When I was thinking about our Missioners question and kind of the angst that they were feeling um, the, 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 as they were describing the kind of conflicts that they're in, I, I was immediately taken back to the very last book club that I ever attended. The book club that as I was getting into my car, I said, I will never ever attend another book club again. And it's not because I don't love book clubs. I have moved five, three times in the past five years. And every article that I write, read that says, if you want to build relationships as an adult, here's what you do, starts with find a book club. I love to read. I love people. I will show up at a book club. So it wasn't that. What happened was uh, I went to this book club, and something, a conflict happened at that meeting that really discouraged me that made me so uh, upset and, made, and caused such a knot in my stomach that I just wanted to avoid those spaces altogether. So here's what happened. 
So I show up at this house, and I kind of knew these women. It was like we knew each other in different spheres, and we all were like, oh, here's this book that's coming out. Let's read it together. So I kind of sort of knew them. I knew a few of them were believers. I had no idea what their politics were, and I didn't care. I just wanted to know if they would read the book with me. So I walk into this house, and I'm, I'm really excited to get to know these women, to talk about this book. I actually read the book. Sometimes you go to book club and you didn't read the book. I know, I know. So I was so excited, and I walk in, and I see that the hostess had set up a popcorn bar with all these different kind of popcorn, and I dare you to tell me a better snack to, read, to eat while you're reading than popcorn. So I was excited. We were going to talk about books. I was going to have popcorn. This was going to be a great night getting to know people in a new city. So we sit down and we catch up with each other. We make our popcorn bowls. Oh my gosh. And we, are, we, we share a little bit about, you know, what's going on the past month just to get to know each other. And so then we start talking about the book. Now in this book, there, the main character was a 20-something who found herself unexpectedly pregnant. And there was just maybe three lines in the first chapter where she questions whether or not she wants to be a mother and whether or not she wants to keep this baby. That was not the plot of the book. That was not the point of the book. It was just something the author threw in there to help you understand the character and her conflict. And so we're sitting around and we're talking about what I think we're going to do is talk about this character and what, what our hopes are for her. But one woman closes the book and she says, you know what? I am so glad that she decided to keep that baby because I thought I was about to read another liberal book telling women that they should get rid of their babies. I think women who have an abortion are heartless. That's despicable. And I almost didn't come to book club because of this book. And I was like, well, there's popcorn, so. <laughs> well, then another woman, I could tell she was visibly shaken by just the forthrightness and anger in this woman's response to just three lines in the book. And so she speaks up and she says, well, you know, I actually think that policies that give women freedom to make choices about their bodies are important. And I think anyone who would take that away from a woman isn't a woman at all. She's deplorable. <laughs> and I'm like, here is the caramel. Where is the salt? And so I notice that these two women stop talking about the book altogether, and they start arguing with each other across the coffee table. And the more they are arguing, the more they're sounding like their favorite political pundits and their favorite tweetable politician. And the more they are arguing with each other, the more uncomfortable everybody else is in the room. And so finally, our hostess stands up and she says, ladies, ladies, let's just agree to disagree. We got to get on to chapter two. And I was like, I like you, pass the popcorn. So I get in the car and I am so heartbroken and so discouraged because I realized that I don't have to go far to have an uncomfortable conversation about politics. In our current culture, in our current climate, we are primed to talk about politics in such a way that turns into a huge fight. And so today, I want us to look at that problem, and I want us to stand up as kingdom people and say, not on our watch. We have a different way of engaging with politics, different way of engaging with conversations around politics with people who we may disagree.
So I've entitled today's sermon, Kingdom Ambassadors, because that's kind of a, a phrase that we throw around here a little bit, but I'm not quite sure that, the, that we all know what does that look like, like what exactly is an ambassador? So we're going to break down that a little bit. Our series is all about the crux of the matter, and the crux of the matter is Jesus' example of love and humility on the cross. Jesus' example on the cross is the crux of the matter. And so what does that look like when we have hard conversations around politics? Now, my journey around politics didn't look this way. It wasn't so kingdom-focused. Um, in fact, I, w- I grew up in a, in a church that was deeply, that had a tradition that was deeply tied to a certain political party. And I over-identified with that party because I so identified as a Christian. And so if I was a believer, then I had to vote with this party. And so I became very good at knowing the party lines, knowing exactly the right thing to say and finding exactly the right scripture to pair it up with. But see, what happened for me is that the more I I started putting, putting so much of my worth and putting so much of my identity and putting so much energy in supporting a party, I drew further and further away from being a kingdom person because what was happening in me was I felt this obligation to protect my side. We had an agenda, and our agenda had a scripture behind it, so I had to protect it. And when when I started to protect that, everybody else who was on the other side became my enemy. I noticed this was was in me and was in that tradition when 9-11 happened. I was attending a church at that time, and we called an emergency prayer gathering, and I, I was so heartbroken. I was, um, I was in college, and I, I could not imagine that level of evil and despair, how vulnerable I felt. I could not imagine it. And I just wanted to be around other believers. I wanted to take all of our pain to the cross and receive comfort. And so I went to that emergency prayer gathering hoping for that, and I got some of that. We had an amazing time of worship. And we started praying for the first responders. We started praying for the firefighters. We started praying for the families who lost their uh, loved ones. We started praying for our politicians, that they make good decisions. And that, my friends, started to get a little scary. Because then we started praying against anybody who would stand up against our politicians. We started praying against anybody who was behind the attacks. We started calling down hellfire and brimstone. And I noticed that this beautiful atmosphere of people who love Jesus, who were there to worship Jesus and receive guidance from the Holy Spirit, were starting to get really, really angry and really, really violent. And there were talks of, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I can't wait to join the military so I can go and shoot people. And it was so scary how quickly that turned for me. And so what I decided when I left that meeting was I needed to figure out a way that didn't leave me feeling so unsettled. I didn't know what it was. So what I did was I left that tradition and swung to a church that was completely on the opposite side. And see, what I found there was that I would enter spaces and we would talk about politics and we would talk about our side and we would talk about our agenda and eventually we would talk about our enemy. And so I had to learn that when I think about politics and when I engage in conversations around politics with people, it is not as cut and dry as a vote, as a candidate, or as an agenda. Because we serve Jesus. We are kingdom people. And we have a completely different agenda. And so today, my hope is to help you kind of get your brain around what, are, what is the agenda of the kingdom and then how do we move through the world as ambassadors. 
So if you're with me in that, will you join me in prayer? Jesus, you are our lion and our lamb. You are so complex, and you meet us right where we are. You love every single person in this room. You love every single person that we may disagree with. You love the world, Lord, and you desire for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. So we just want to make you proud by opening our hearts to your spirit. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Jesus. Amen. Now, I wonder when I started talking about politics, you immediately thought red or blue, conservative or liberal. And I think that that is very natural for us because of the climate that we live in, the country that we live in. When we think about politics, we immediately think of sides. We immediately start seeing certain candidates. We immediately start seeing certain administrations. But what I want us to do is I want us to look at a very neutral definition of politics. Okay? So there's a, the, the definition of politics that we're going to work from is the Greek word politica, which is basically politics is how, is how we arrange our lives together as citizens. It is the sociological uh, idea that when human beings come together, when we, uh, when we start to do life together, if, if you will, there are certain things that we need, certain structures that we need to be able to work together. There are certain co promises, commitments that we make together so that we can live in civility with one another. Politics, with this definition, doesn't give permission for you to choose one side or the other. It's just a reality. It's, it's something that, that happens when we get together. And so one of the reasons why there's so much conflict when we think about politics, is so, the reason why we, we, we want to go to different sides so quickly is because um, we look at our politics and we say, okay, we instinctively feel that's how we shape our lives around with each other. And how we shape our lives around each other are based on some, on some core values some things that are really important to us. And so we say, if this is a value that's important to me, living in community with others, and this is how this, this, is how this policy should come together, or this is how I should believe about this, or you know, this is who I should follow around this. Here are some core values that typically shape our politics. Worth, belonging, purpose, security, freedom, justice, and hope. Okay, these in and of themselves are not bad core values. But the question that we always have here at Woodland is what is our unique kingdom response when we have a natural response, when something happens in us, how do we reflect that in a kingdom way? There's so much conflict around politics because people on both sides might be basing their view on security, but they might have a different way of seeking security, creating security in our country. And so we get to be the unique people who don't choose a side, but kind of sit in the middle because we have a different agenda. We have a different value. What happens typically when people don't think about a different agenda, a different value, they kind of base their politics on these core values, is they get so much of their sense of identity and worth and safety in their politics. And so it becomes so incredibly polarized. Um, and then things like 
what happened in my book club happened. They get out of hand and we start to dehumanize each other. And we start to fight with each other. And you know what? This doesn't just happen on Facebook or in book clubs or on the soccer field. This actually happens with, our, with politics and, and at Congress or when they are coming together to talk about policies. Take a look at what happens when we get our sense of identity and worth from our core values as they are connected to our politics. It was calm as politicians in India's largest state waited for the session to begin, but soon after the meeting opened, tempers flared and trouble broke out. Okay, right, so like they're breaking stuff over their politics, what? Somebody's going to pay for that. But this is what happens when we get so much of our identity and worth and self from our politics because we've, over, we've overstated or over-focused on these core values. You know, these politicians who often serve as ambassadors for their countries show us the danger of getting our worth from our politics. And if we're not careful, we can be like these politicians who are so committed to their politics and their agendas that they will physically assault and verbally attack one another. As kingdom people, we need to be both mindful of these core values that drive people. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with them, but we must not shape how we talk about politics around them because we have a different primary value. Our primary value is to arrange our lives, remember, politics is how we arrange our lives, arrange our lives together as citizens of the kingdom of God and reflect its culture as revealed by Jesus' example of love on the cross. I'm going to read that again. Our primary value as kingdom ambassadors is to arrange our lives together as citizens of the kingdom of God and reflect its culture as revealed by Jesus' example of love on the cross. Okay, so, but then what does that look like? Um, and so we're going to look at our passage for today, which is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What I'm going to do is we're, I'm going to read it through first, and we're going to look for the values that we find, the kingdom values in that. I'm going to teach a little bit about ambassador to help us understand what an ambassador is. Then we're going to go back to our passage, and we're going to figure out from these values, what is our kingdom agenda? What are the things that we can do when we engage with politics? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to my book club and I'm going to take each one of those comments and work through it as a kingdom person. Because I left that meeting partly disappointed uh, in how it went down, but really disappointed in myself because I had an opportunity to be a peacemaker and I let it pass. So let's look at our passage together. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 20 says, For Christ's love compels us. First off, first, first line, Love, Christ's love, is a deep value in the kingdom. Let's go on. Because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them was raised again. Okay, so next value 
is, as we've been talking about, Jesus' example on the cross, dying to ourselves the same way Christ died for us, died for us to have reconciliation, died for us to be in relationship with each other. So from, then now, so from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Although we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The final value or next value is a hopefulness, a newness. Something good can come out of death. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's trespass against them. And he has committed us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. So there are three values that we can pull. There's more, but there's three we're going to look at today. One, Christ's love is a value for kingdom people. Two, Christ's example on the cross, dying to himself, is an example for kingdom people. And three, Christ's hope, his resurrection, is a value for kingdom people. And then we are charged with going out and being ambassadors. But what does it mean to be an ambassador, right? Okay, that's not a word that we kind of throw around. Like, I'm sure nobody woke up this morning and was like, ha ha, I am going to be an ambassador. Like, that's just not how we think. We typically think about ambassadors as somebody that has a job. It's a role of a politician or a specific diplomat. Generally speaking, the definition of ambassador is someone who, I think we have it on a slide, the definition of an ambassador is a respected official acting as a representative of a nation sent to a foreign land, the ambassador's role is to reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him or her authority. So when we think of ourselves as an ambassadors, uh, or when we think of an ambassador, we usually think of it as a job. You know, they get to clock in and clock out. But as I was trying to put my brain around, like, what actually is an, an ambassador and what does their life look like, I started reading daily logs of ambassadors and listening to podcast interviews with them. And I remember one story where an ambassador said she was walking through the farmer's market and people were like, hello, ambassador. Hello, ambassador. How are you doing today, ambassador? She had a name, but everybody was referring to her as an ambassador. She was an ambassador everywhere she went. And so as I was learning from just the actual role of a, an ambassador, from like hearing from people who have the job and title of ambassador, I learned two things. One, ambassadors carry their culture with them everywhere they go. And ambassadors are in that role at all times. Hello, ambassador. Hello, ambassador. Not just for diplomatic missions. So if we take that... If we take this, this reality, this calling that these type of ambassadors have taken up to represent their country, how can we take that calling up and represent the kingdom of God? So kingdom ambassadors carry the culture of the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And kingdom ambassadors are called to reflect the kingdom's agenda at all times. So now we've figured out our three core values, Christ's love, Christ's example as dying on the cross, dying to himself for something greater, and Christ's hope, the resurrection, the new thing on the other side. Now that we've, uh, we've identified those of our three values, let's look back at our passage and figure out how can we now become ambassadors who carry the culture of the kingdom of God everywhere we go. All right, so... For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. 
And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Although we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors in Christ. Okay. So we have our values. We noticed those values in our second time that we read them. So now, what is our agenda? What are the things that we are willing to die for? What are the things that we want to take into our everyday life? What are the practices of peacemaking that we can carry when we engage with people who we disagree with around politics? Well, our first kingdom agenda is to seek love first and always. If the love of Christ compels us, what does it compel us to do? To love others. Your first agenda, kingdom ambassador, is to rehumanize the person you're speaking to at all costs. Our current culture, like I said, has dehumanized people so much that violence is occurring over political ideas. People are losing their lives because we've stripped humanity from the people who hold different positions. Kingdom people, people of the cross, people compelled by the love of Christ, this should not be with us. And we are the ones who get to stand up and break that cycle. We are the ones called to rehumanize every single person, regardless of their political ideas. This becomes easier for us when we make love our primary and first agenda. You know, Jesus was always talking about how his love was connected to his dying for others. Jesus was always talking about how his kingdom was rooted in this new kind of love that is entering into the world and transforming relationships. In John 10.10, Jesus describes himself as a good shepherd. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This picture of Jesus coming and taking away, uh, restoring what the enemy has come to do, being mindful that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy our humanity, our unity, our flourishing, but it is his desire, it is his desire that we have life and have it life to the full, is a picture of shalom, is a picture of flourishing and goodness and unity and peace. It is the bedrock of our kingdom culture. And that kingdom ambassadors is what we get to take in first and foremost when we engage with people about politics. So how could this have looked at my book club? Okay, so I walk in and I get my popcorn because you need popcorn to fortify you when you're doing something scary. So you come in and you sit down and the woman stands up and she says, I cannot believe someone would be okay with an abortion. I think that women that do that are despicable. What if coming with the agenda of love, knowing that God loves me, knowing that God loves this woman, knowing that God loves women who had an abortion, knowing that God's love is for all, how can I come in and kind of take the oxygen out of the fire that was building in that room? 
I could have, said, say, could have said something like, well, you know, abortion is a problem because human lives matter to God. And even the women who are making those terrible choices, they matter to God. He loves them so much. And, you know, I wonder how we can show each other more dignity and love in the conversation um, because I know that it's way more complex than just making an easy choice. For some of these women, maybe it's the only choice. You know, I'm not saying I agree either way. I'm just saying, how can we reframe the way we think about all the people involved as dearly, deeply beloved? That is our unique superpower kingdom, people. We bring the love of Christ with us everywhere we go. So our first kingdom agenda is to seek to love first. Our next kingdom agenda is a picture of how we can engage an internal picture of stepping back and leaning in. Our second kingdom agenda is step down and lean in. And this picture came from um, a counseling session that my husband and I had when we were pretty early in our marriage. And, you know, our, uh, our counselor was saying, you know, one of the things that, uh, causes, that causes conflict is when you try to one-up each other. You know, somebody says a hard thing, and then somebody says another hard thing, and then you just go for the jugular, and you just keep, you keep ratcheting it up. And he said, what if the next time you two started to have a tense conversation, one of you chose to step back and say, you know what, I don't have to say that thing. That thing that I know may be right, may be true, but I know it's going to hurt that person. How do I step back and lean in? Our counselor said leaning in is a practice of listening. You step back from being right, and you lean in to being in right relationship with your spouse. Kingdom people, this is our second agenda. When we engage with somebody whose politics we deeply disagree with, you know, for so many of us, because they're so rooted in those core values, we have to get it right. We have to say the right thing. When somebody says something we disagree with, and we're like, oh, I had the perfect article that I just read that proves how wrong she is, or I cannot wait to tell her. Or I have the statistics. Or I have the life story that's going to make her cry and feel so ashamed for having that position. So many of us, when we're hit with that triggering comment uh, that speaks against a policy or a politic that we hold, we are so ready to show them how wrong they are. But kingdom people, that is not our agenda. Being right is not our agenda. Right relationship is our agenda because we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. This can happen in a couple of ways. The first is to kind of hold back that comment hold your tongue. Another is you can engage with that person and speak truth over that person. Look for something that is true about what they're saying, just because you are or about them. Just because you speak truth over them as beloved people doesn't necessarily mean you agree with them. And so what would it have looked like knowing in my mind these core values that people hold, but also knowing that I'm a kingdom person, so I have this kingdom value of shaping my life around the cross. What if in book club, when my other friends stood up and said, well, I think women who take away the rights of other women are not women at all. That those policies are so important. And she started speaking against my friend who started the conversation. What if I stood up and said, I'm going to step back, from having to be right or take a side, and I'm gonna lean in and listen and acknowledge this person. What if I said something like, you know, 
you, ha you actually bring up some interesting points, and your passion really inspires me. It makes me want to learn more. I can tell that you've done a lot of work around this. I'd love to take you out for coffee, and let's have a deeper conversation about this. What if I stepped back from being right and leaned into opportunities for right-relatedness? How would that take out all the oxygen from the building fire of conflict around politics? And our last, pick, our last agenda as kingdom people is the hope of the resurrection, the new thing. And in order for us to get to that, we have to never give up hope. We have to never give up hope. The scripture says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. We are ambassadors of that new. We get to bring that new with us, but we cannot uh, lose hope. Our hope is in seeing the beauty of the kingdom of God flourish around us. So we choose to interact with people we disagree with because we are called to remind them of their goodness and their value to God. We don't have to agree to disagree. We have to agree that they matter. And we have to treat them as such. We are called to be peacemakers. And honestly, my friends, where's the opportunity to be peacemakers if we're at echo chambers? If we curated our social media to only hear from people we agree with? And we avoid spaces where politics might come up? What, if, what are our opportunities for being a peacemaker if we keep silent when we have an opportunity to rehumanize the people in the conversation? But in order to do that, we have to hold on for hope. Scripture says that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. What was that joy, my friends? That joy was our salvation. That joy was our right relatedness with God. That joy was manifesting his love in the most indelible, the most unsurpassable, the most unforgettable way ever, dying on the cross. That scripture is found in a passage where we are encouraged to endure. So endure, kingdom ambassadors. Know that every conversation you engage with around politics is not always going to be super easy, but neither was the cross. But you bring something different. You bring the spirit of God that will remind you to love people well, to listen to people and give them dignity, and to never give up hope because God's love is unstoppable and it desires to transform the way we engage with politics, engage with conversations around politics, if only we will let it. So what if when my hostess friend who was so sweet and I totally get that compulsion to just, okay, let's just shut it down. Don't know what to do, I'm gonna shut it down. What if, what if when she said, let's just agree to disagree, I maybe said something like, well, I guess, you know, I, well, it's okay for us to disagree, you know? I, I'm actually really hopeful that we can have more conversations about this because it makes me want to learn about all sides. It makes me want to learn about the experiences of people on both sides because here is the reality, here is the truth. No one holds a political view out, outside of it affecting their, or coming from their experience, coming from their social location, coming from their culture. Everybody's political ideas are built on their, who they are as a person. And so when we dehumanize people over their politics, we are stripping away their imago Dei, their essential image of God. And that is the furthest thing from our kingdom agenda. 
So what if I said to them, you know, my hope is that maybe we could do a better job in modeling what it looks like to have these conversations. Last night when I shared this message, somebody came up to me and said, I wish there was a space where I could just practice these kind of things, like in a safe space. I wish that for you too. So on your drive home, maybe this is a bit of homework. Talk to the person you came with or talk to somebody you know who attends Woodland and say, hey, I want to practice, you know, hearing a trigger idea from a political view that I hold so deeply, and I want to practice being loving, listening, and not giving up hope. Do you want to practice? Because the reality is the world needs us. The world needs us. It is incredibly polarized, right and left, liberal, conservative, whatever. But we are kingdom people. We're in this middle space, and we can breathe life and hope and unity. So maybe I'll go back to book club. (laughs) Maybe I'll go to spaces where I'm pretty sure politics are going to come up. I know we're ramping up to an election, so it always happens. But here's my promise to you, and here's my prayer for you, is that I will hold on to our kingdom values of Christ's love, of listening and giving dignity to others, and never giving up hope. I'd like to invite the prayer team to come up. If you have a need, we would love to pray for you. It is our honor and joy, and we believe so deeply that God sees you right where you are and will meet you in a way that's unique. And so um, if you have a need, please feel free to come up to our prayer team. All right, my friends. All right, my kingdom ambassadors. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord and reflect the values of our kingdom. Amen.